bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits but a homicide and kills people up... If you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Hmm, that's weird. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that that's what I get for reading the talking text line. Um, <laughs> yeah, silly. Uh <laughs> Spike Lee says, so are you talking about older people, independence, when you think they're too old? Last one, I swear, LOL. No, it's not. Quit it. I think older people need to be independent if they can be. I think that when you're unable to, we should leave it to your family to decide those things. Um, But I believe that there are certain institutions in this country that need to be um, sacrosanct, right? You wouldn't let somebody that old be a firefighter or a police officer unless they are able to, right? If you can't pass firearms training, defensive and arrest tactics, um, emergency vehicle operation, vehicle contact, all that professional communicate. If you can't do that, you can't be a police officer. If you can't pass fire training in service, you can't. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. You can't. I think the same should go for a politician. If you can't cut the mustard. And 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 so when I say that, I mean we need to have a funnel in place a channel in place to put people in. We, we need a, um, we need a bench for politics, right? We need a minor league 
<laughs> something where younger people can learn it and then get into it. Because otherwise, dude, I mean, 80-something years old, trying to pass law? You can't even stay awake long enough. And Nancy Pelosi got so much Botox in her face, she can barely talk. Ridiculous. People run away from, it ain't my fault folk wasn't born with melanin. Got a wrinkle all early. Be like 22 years old looking like you 80. Ain't my fault. 833-212-1017 is the number. Number five. I'm a little taken aback. Matter of fact, I'm a little peeved. Um, you've heard the story. University of Wisconsin student was brutally attacked and raped Sunday morning, September 3rd. And a UW-Milwaukee graduate charged with his initial court appearance yesterday. A cash bond was set at a million dollars. So as I read through the story, Brandon Thompson, 26, charged with first-degree sexual assault, first-degree reckless injury, and strangulation. They found a woman in her 20s brutally attacked, severely beaten in downtown Madison. According to police, the victim was found near Wilson and Bedford streets, roughly a half a mile from the Cole Center, 3.20 a.m. Sunday. First officer of the scene described her condition as one of the most horrifying things they'd seen. Well, she was rushed to the hospital, life-threatening injuries. Complainant states the victim suffered traumatic brain injury, broken jaw, medically induced coma. They had to put her in. Eyes were swollen shut, severe lacerations. She's on a feeding tube and largely unable to communicate. Complaint states that a man told that named Brandon told residents in the area that the victim needed help. He told a witness that he found the victim in the street, didn't want to be around when police came because he was high, left to say another witness say they saw the man had dried blood on his hands. Police later identified the man as Thompson. Madison Police Chief Sean Barnes said yesterday, I'm sorry, Wednesday, our investigation revealed that Thompson was at the scene of the crime as evidenced by a witness during our initial canvas. Thomas told his witnesses that he had just found our survivor pretending to be an innocent bystander. Well, evidently, While speaking to the police, the complainant states Thompson said, you ready? He was mad and wanted something to hit. He admitted he encountered a woman, saw red, and didn't know what was going on. The next thing he remembered, per the complaint, the woman was on the ground in front of him. She came across as a monster. He said he doesn't remember the sexual assault, but he went into a rage. When asked if he could have sexually assaulted the victim, he said, I could have. What kind of drugs were you on or were you just so? Where, where are we as a community that we get mad and we just find a person and beat the crap out of them and rape them? The fact that you were on a drug, that you had the presence of mind to say that you were on a drug, seems a little suspect to me. 
Here's the part that upset me. Not that the rest of it didn't. Cash bond was set at a million dollars. Thompson's attorney argued for $10,000. Are you an idiot? What's wrong with you? That makes no sense. We need to take stock of people who they have so much evidence against. Or we just don't have bail. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm torn by it because in this instance, I don't have a problem with it. I'm sorry. I have absolutely no problem with it. But he deserves a trial. It has to be fair. And if he's found guilty, he should go to jail. Now, this is what we need to look at as it relates to mass incarceration. If he's found guilty, will he get the same sentence that someone white that committed a comparable crime is sentenced to? If he gets 30 years and somebody that does reckless homicide gets 22, that's a problem. Number one. Number two, we still don't know who the victim was. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, male, female. We don't know. I think they said it was a woman. You know what I mean? So until we have all the information, and I know they're withholding it because she was sexually assaulted and she doesn't want herself. um, I, I, I wouldn't want to present her as a victim. That's unfair to her. She, we have to respect her privacy. Uh, But eventually, there's going to be a trial and reports are going to get written and information is going to be out there. And so eventually that has to occur because everybody who's tried has a right to face their accuser. And so that's that's going to be an issue. I hope people respect her and give her the respect that she deserves as a victim, regardless of who she is. Number four, the Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design was temporarily locked down last night due to an individual in crisis. My ad official said the lockdown was out of an abundance of caution and lasted for less than 30 Minutes. Students and staff were notified by emails and texts through an emergency alert system. So, how often will that occur? How 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 often will that occur? I mean, we're getting close to it every time. You know, emergency this, emergency that. Universities, schools. I think I think colleges had have, have had more lockdowns than elementary and high schools. So I'm not going back to college. Oh wait, I teach you one. Oh, disregard. Number three. Milwaukee police are investigating a shooting that left two people dead Friday morning. This morning, near 34th and Juno, officials say a 31 year old victim was pronounced dead at the scene. 54 year old victim was taken to the hospital where. They later die. Circumstances leading up to the shooting are under investigation. Police seek unknown suspects at this time. If you have any information, contact the Milwaukee Police Department at 
888-344-1160. Or to remain anonymous, you can call Crime Stoppers at 414-224-TIPS. Number two. Hmm. So I've argued about this because I I work at a poll and I've seen it occur. And back in the day, I was a chief inspector. The public has a right to observe elections. Like that's doesn't matter. If you you want to be election observer for, you know, one, two, three, four organization, then you get to do it. But how far do those rights extend? was a subject of debate yesterday at the Wisconsin Election Commission. So the discussion and disagreement came less than seven months before the voters in Wisconsin are going to cast ballots for 2024 spring election, which includes the presidential primary. So the six-member election commission is really tasked, this is from CBS 58, is tasked with establishing guidance on how clerks should run elections in their communities. So what they argued about is how much access observers should have. So only media are allowed to record video, take pictures at polling places. State law wants to find media as newspapers, periodicals, radio stations, and TV stations. However, the statute no longer exists. And with the advent of modern day Internet-based outlets, the commission debated whether they should create a new definition of media. Well, Mark Thompson Democratic appointee noted that the Wisconsin Election Commission was sued by conservatives in the 2020 election in cases that challenged the commission's guidance on grounds it was dealing with areas uncovered by state law. High profile example was the state Supreme Court ruling absentee boxes are illegal. Thompson said, frankly, I don't think we should have a difference between observers and media until the legislature weighs in on it, because I think legislatures should weigh in on it. Vice Chair Bob Spindell, Republican appointee, said he believed the commission should draw a distinction between media and observers defining media in the process. Uh, Spindell said we have we just have to make the distinction of what are legitimate media and what isn't. So I disagree that we shouldn't come up with some sort of policy. I think it's our responsibility to do that. I agree with that because it's important that Joe Blow doesn't roll in and say, I'm the media, and open up a camera, and we don't have a definition for media, and they call their friends, or they see somebody, and all of a sudden you get a protest. at a. So I think legitimate media, you know, a corporation, a company, it can't be an individual who's doing some independent unless they're writing it for a particular organization and they get temporary press credentials. Does that make sense? Like I was able to attend the debate because I had to receive press credentials from good karma brands that then allowed me to be legitimate press for a radio station, a media company. And then I was able to go because there's a clear definition Otherwise, we'll get, you know, Joe Blow to go in and say, hey, I'm with the media and make up some fake pass to a company that doesn't exist and then go in and start doing really weird and bizarre stuff. Number one. Guess what? The one thing I've been complaining about all along 
continues to happen. Yet another outstate Wisconsin company is moving its headquarters to Milwaukee. Regal Rexnord Corporation, which has its headquarters in Beloit, is now based at 111 West Michigan, the building that already headquarters for the company's industrial powertrain solutions business segment. The company's power efficiency solutions business segment's headquarters is located in Grafton and the Milwaukee area's home to several other Regal Rexnord facilities. Well, Regal Rexnord, formerly known as Regal Beloit, was headquartered in Beloit for over 30 years, operates two facilities in that area. No employees in Beloit or South Beloit, Illinois, are being displaced as a result of the headquarters shift. They said, we are pleased to make the change, recognizing our increased presence in southeastern Wisconsin. We honor our roots and appreciate the wonderful relationship we continue to maintain with the Beloit state line area. Now, here's the issue I got with this. Hey, Mr. Mayor. When are we going to take care of the rest of the city? We got a lot of these sweetheart deals with all these companies coming in downtown. And we got all these things with with people trying to uh, make downtown pretty. Like, can we see the City Development Commission? Can, Can we actually see the plan we have for the city? Oh, that's right. It's only for downtown. Why are we putting in a road? I think Marty said it the other day. Why are we putting in a road on Van Buren? When did Van Buren need a new street? You never should have put the hop in over the We Energies lines. It's 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 a mess. And here we are paying, giving sweetheart deals to all these companies that are coming downtown, and you don't even care about the neighborhood you live in. Streets are crap. Did we put any block out those concrete block out things they got on Capitol? Do we have any downtown? I doubt it. I hope I'm wrong, but I doubt it. Because that's the kind of world we live in. Oh, well. 833-212-1017 is the number. I want to talk to you about Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. So I don't know if you noticed, but it's cold. And even though they talk about it's supposed to warm up this weekend, if it's going to warm up to like 70, 75 degrees, that's not good enough for me. It's time to replace your old drafty windows, not in the dead of winter. So if you wanted a, just a touch of what it's going to feel like, what's coming, because I sure got it today, <laughs> what it's looked like, you don't want to do that during the winter. Pella has a great deal going on for as low as $19 a month per window. And $75 a month on patio doors, the installation would be completed. No mess, no fuss, no nothing. You just get it done and you make your payments, leaving nothing but perfect results. If you want any of this information and really want to know what's going on, visit PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. 6.99 annual percentage rate for 120 months. Certain restrictions rep- apply. See the showroom for details. Offer ends September 30th of 2023. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. I'm in a 
Французская фирма Transceptor Technology приступила к производству компьютеров «Персональный спутник». You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. Make sure you listen live by downloading the Truth app on the Apple Store or Google Play Store. Just flip on YouTube and check us out because we are the award-winning 1017 The Truth streaming live on YouTube and Twitter. I'm sorry, X, formerly known as Twitter, at 101.7 The Truth. So. 833-212-1017 is the number. What's going on, Al? Hey, happy Friday to you and everybody. Thank you, sir. Um, there was a there was an article, I think it was a couple of months ago, where Cavalier Johnson was talking about all the great things in the city that were like all downtown. And when right. they asked him about the when he, when they asked him about the north side, he got either quiet or he reverted the conversation. But what I noticed is in a city where they have these center islands, either they're overgrown, they're cement, or they're just bad looking. But if you go off, uh, I believe that's Houghton and Reservoir, their center island got beautiful arborvitaes. If you go down to the third ward, their center islands look like golf course grass. And then my thing is, I know, you know, we get these jobs coming here, but I understand we have a lot of abandoned factories. We got raw land and all these manufacturing companies just used to be off, I believe, it's 31st and Burleigh, right up in that neighborhood. It's an alley where it's a bunch of warehouses. And I was wondering why he would never reach out to, like, because we got 597 manufacturing, 597 factories in the United States. And I was wondering why he never reached out and tried to give them, like, a tax break to come to the inner city, the boost economy, like, you know, down in Memphis, you got, I believe that's Toyota that's going down to a small town where it's going to be like Black Wall Street. You got, I think that's Chrysler Motors and Rockford and, you know, but we have all this world. And I think if you're going to be about the whole state looking good, why we are not trying to bring in some things where everybody in the state can benefit. Well, they don't, because I don't, I don't, I don't think they want them to. To be honest with you, I don't I don't think they care about the city. All they care about is generating enough revenue so that we can pay bills in the city. And that's it. And if we can do it without having to bother with poor or struggling lower middle class, we don't really care. Like he's already shown he doesn't care. And then my last question to you is, have you ever heard about where a lot of times when people run for a position, they use the pity party about a neighborhood or that old wise saying is when certain white politicians want to push a white agenda, they put somebody in black and power to, to, to take it out for them. Yes. What do you think about that? I, I agree. I've, I've, I've seen it happen in Chicago and Illinois. Thank, thanks for the call, Al. Okay. I've, I've, seen, I've seen people do it in Illinois. I watch them do it here. Um, but it seems like whenever there's trouble or things start to go south, that's when the white politician just kind of 
jumps ship and rolls out. And as usual, we're left holding the bag. Uh, the problem is the business community has paid for that bag. And now we're just bringing business downtown. We don't, we don't, we don't have a city development, anybody. We're like, where's the plan? Like, where's the city going in the next five or 10 years? We keep building up downtown and the neighborhoods are going to hell in a handbasket. And I just, I just don't understand it. We're not putting business there. We're not putting money there. We got the bids and the TIF districts, and that's cute, but they don't have enough revenue. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough grants to really make a serious change. And so now we're just kind of sitting here, and everybody's coming downtown. And we're turning back into the city that it used to be 40 years ago, 50 years ago, where it was predominantly white. And now they're starting to move out from downtown over to 27th Street, 35th Street. And, 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 we, and so here's, here's the precursor, right, before we go to uh, traffic, weather, and sports. Here's the precursor, right? Here's what you should look at right before you start to see the change. Al was 100% correct. When you start looking at the islands in the middle of the street and they're beautiful with flowers, and it's on Capitol, that's not for you. When they start putting in bike lanes on North Avenue and Center Street so people can ride their bike to and from work from Wauwatosa downtown, that's not for you. Because eventually, you're not going to live there. And the taxes on the north side has slowly started going up, slowly started going up more and more. And you're going to look up, and those zip codes that we keep talking about are going to be mixed, and then those zip codes are going to be predominantly white. I see it in Sherman Park today. Over the past five years, I've seen more white people in Sherman Park than I've seen the entire time I've been in Milwaukee. Why is that? Because people are starting to move to the city. They Lived in a suburb, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, got old, moved to Arizona, Florida, wherever it was warm, Texas. And they're in this 4,800 square foot house with six bedrooms, uh, tennis courts and basketball and swimming and, uh, and it's too big. So they sell. And then move here. Meanwhile, we're screaming, oh, the suburbs are great. Move to the suburbs. And you've got black people moving out to Brookfield and Menominee Falls and Germantown and all that. And all of a sudden, guess what's going to happen? The tollway is going to come and all them folks going to be on the outside and you're going to look up and everybody else has moved downtown and into the near north side. And we're going to look up and you got to pay to get back in the city that you just moved out of. Anybody know why? Because that's the same thing they did in Chicago. All them folks move southwest. Oh, we got to live in a suburb. It's great. Oh, oh you want to go? To, oh, you want to go in the city? Oh, you got to pay. Or you got to drive through the city, which is 20 square miles, and it'll take you two hours to get somewhere. It's the simple thing in every city, every county, every state, every country. It's only one thing you got to follow. The money. 
More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. So, of course, I had to go look up the Human Genome Project because I was talking about um, the fact that human beings are the same. And so when we talk about, and, and what, what struck me was the, was the public service announcement we just played. And it talked about black people are more susceptible to um, chronic kidney disease, which can be anything. Like, technically, my doctor told me, oh, you have chronic kidney disease. And I'm like, huh? And then they said, oh, you have this. And I went, but I've had that my whole life, and it hasn't affected my kidneys in any way at all. Yeah, but it's still that. Oh, okay. You have diabetes. Yeah, but I have type 2. And it was type 2. Now I'm not type 2 anymore. I'm back to pre, working my way down to zero diabetes, right? But black people are not more susceptible to those things. From reading the book, Medical Apartheid, it talked about the fact that black people live in situations and circumstances that cause more heart disease, right? More kidney disease, more stress, things of that nature. So what the Human Genome Project did, it was an international scientific research project that when it first started, there were no black people in the project. And they were, well, you know, we got to get black people. And and finally, I think they attached uh, Harvard, Harvard, Howard University. HBCU to it and and they started working in it and then finally got funding and it became robust. And if you and if you want to know what it is is basically it's mapping and sequencing of all the genes in the human genome from a physical and a functional point of view. It's the largest collaborative biological project ever. And what they found is so they had to really create the building blocks of what people are, right? What makes up the human being. And so they used physics, ethics, informatics, engineering, chemistry, biology, put all that stuff together, and they sequenced and mapped human DNA. Here's what they found. By 2003, they started in 1990. By 2003, they had mapped about 92% of the genome. They got the complete genome because, you know, it's not complete. You know, you can get within a certain percentage, right? May 21st, I'm sorry, May of 2021, with a remaining of only 0.3% basis covered by potential issues, right? 
So what they're saying is we figured out what makes up a human being, what makes up DNA up to, but what we don't have is 0.3% of it. They finally got that in January of 2022. They finally sequenced all of DNA. What they found is for every 1,000 people, the difference in those people is 0.1%. Think about that. Not skin color, not heart, lungs, eyes, but your DNA. 0.1% for every 1,000 people is a difference, right? So if you count from 1 to 1,000, between all those people, the only difference between all of them is one of them is slightly different in their DNA by 0.1%. That means 99.9% of every single human being is exactly the same. Race comes down to being social, not biological. Doesn't mean race doesn't exist. It means race isn't biological. So many of the idiocies that the doctors came up with about black people, skin thickness, the ability to take pain, all those things are totally and completely incorrect. And we still have doctors that, that, that you know, in the back of their mind, in the recesses of their mind, may believe that. I've talked to people who were recent medical school graduates brilliant in their field who talked about arguing with medical doctors because helping them understand that black people are not like this. We have the same DNA you do. It's not biological, but for some reason they argue it. And so the understanding of disease comes down to the fact that we have to recognize that because you have the genes for a disease, doesn't necessarily mean you'll get it. So my question, do you want to know or not know? Would you want to take one of those tests, 23andMe, and know? Like, you are susceptible to getting a large forehead when you turn 60. Like, and, and having a large forehead means your head can't fit in the door and there's some places you can't go. Would you want to know that ahead of time? Or would you want to just let it go? And just live your life. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Because that would cause more stress. The flip side to that is, well, you know, Rhea's going to have a smaller head than Dr. Ken. So Rhea gets the job because we checked Ken's genome. And, well, you know, we we checked Ken's DNA. And he has a gene where he's going to have a big head. And all of our doorways are small. So rather than bother We'll just check everybody's DNA now, and then we'll just not hire them. That's a problem. But I see that's where we'll go. There were companies that used to check to give you, they used to give you tests, and you didn't know it. Oh, we're going to test to see whether or not you have, when what they were actually testing for is whether or not you had sickle cell. Because they didn't differentiate between what's called a trait, and it's really not a trait the disease and and the um 
and the DNA that said you're susceptible to get it, right? They just told everybody, oh, you have sickle cell. Well, no. And so those were the little subtleties that that people kept running into. So as I read that book and the more I dig into it, I'm going to have to sit down and read about gene sequencing. Yes, I'm a nerd. Um, Gene sequencing so that we can start to understand that if you can change the environment for black people, our health rate goes up. If black people make more money, their health care goes up. Education goes up. Those are the things that drive it. And so it's not that black people are less than and they're more susceptible because technically we're the same. It comes down to, I guess, those two things that we fight against, nature versus nurture. I guess for black people, it's nature and nurture. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Somebody must have heard me screaming. What's going on, Marty? Good afternoon, Dr. Ken. Thank you very much for taking my call. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, hey, uh, if I may just uh, start off, I don't know if you know what day today is. It's, uh, it's a pretty special day in Milwaukee's history. What's that? As a commemoration, but... Uh, Seven years ago, we lost Eric Vaughn on this day. I don't. I don't think anyone wow. on any radio station all day long said a word. So I appreciate you letting me say that. Absolutely, he was a he was a very powerful broadcaster here in not only not only Milwaukee but the country, and um, yes. many of us, you know, well, how can I say that? Many many of you youngins, <laughs> oh, along with me. <laughs> the the ability for him to capture an audience and and to be authentic in a way that that crossed um, gender ethnic racial lines and just Everything. be a powerful person so now, authentic is the right word oh yeah what kind uh, of do you for hey, today uh, i think i think you were talking about economics a moment ago if i may <laughs> yeah I, I love listening to, i'm a better listener than a talker but uh I love listening to Al because Al didn't even see the plan, and he's hitting on what the developers and the people with the money are coming for. Yep. They're coming for the land. Yep. He is exactly right. 
Yep. I, I heard well, rumor has it they're trying to tear down the parking structure for the um, performing arts or somewhere on on Water Street so that they can build another no, building. You're, you're right. The, the, the PAC parking structure has wow. been in the works for that's been in the works for ten years, twenty years. That's just a that's just a, a parking structure, and they're thinking that you can build a building above that and put the parking structure in the lower floors or something of that nature, and and triple and quadruple. But uh, do you think that's going to happen? Property, which it's a, you, that's a smart. Do move. you honestly think that's going to happen? There's going to be yes, less absolutely. parking, that might more building, and next thing you know, yeah. Oh, no, no. The, the, uh, Milwaukee's Milwaukee's on the map, and and you know when when I when I dismiss. Uh, yeah, right, but what map dismiss. is that? When I, uh, but what map is that? When I, pardon me. What map is that? The map to build <laughs> up or tear down? I mean, uh. no, no. That that's adding to the to the value of downtown. The value of that land underneath that parking structure can be put to better use. It's right on the river and so forth. Uh, that's that's okay. That's can we that's can we can we take it happen. and put it in a neighborhood where we can build up jobs and the local businesses there? Absolutely, hmm. absolutely, Doctor Cannon. What I would say is, why do we not when we when we give out these contracts, when we sell this land downtown, when we create the TIF district, which is the financing tool for these developers to do their thing right. downtown, when they when they put that 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 whole package together, why don't they say and you get you get twenty acres out at Northridge. And when that's developed, we'll give you the occupancy permit for the downtown property. Yep. You do the two at the same time. That's right. You make them conjunctive. Yep. Conjunctive. Well, that makes too much but sense. Let me, let me, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Well, you know why, why the downtown is, uh, is all we think about? It, and I, if I may, it's, kind of a, it's a little story that goes back to high school. But you got about, you got about a minute. Okay, I'll throw this out there. Rocky Marcou, Tom Barrett, Tom Barrett's chief of staff, all went to Marquette High School. Yep. They all studied underneath uh, uh, economics professor named James Copeland. <laughs> he was the number one debate. He was the number one debate coach, not in the state, but I think he in the country at one time. He was or he was country renowned. So anyway, what he did to and Rocky got a degree in communication, not in development. But he was a communication guy. He's a very, very well-spoken, smart guy. But he came up with this, uh, this slogan. Downtown is 3% of the land, but 20% of the property value. And for the next 20 years, till this day, they still use that little slogan. I, I hear it all the time. The downtown bid, the aldermen, so forth. They all talk about that little uh, fact that downtown is worth 20% of well, the rest of the city is worth 80% then, if, if my math is correct. Yep. So if you would have raised the rest of the city by 10%, you would Imagine have gotten that. four times the return. Imagine that. Yep. Yep. It's, let, me, let me throw this out there, economics, because that's what we're going to have to talk about if we want to build up the neighborhoods. Yep. I'm just going to throw this out. This is, a, this is the best thing I ever, ever heard. It's two lines. For economics to happen, you replace imports and you create exports. Yep. Write that down. Think about that. What that means, what we're doing in Milwaukee is exact opposite. That's what we are. We are importing, importing workers. And, all right. 
We're importing workers and we're exporting the money. Right. It should be the exact opposite. Something to think about over the weekend. Something next time we'll talk about Will Allen. All right. Take care, Marty. You too. Have a great weekend. And that's all we got time for. Tory Lowe Show is coming up next. We've got pregame at 6.30 and Marquette University High School Hilltoppers football. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. Thank you, Rhea. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend. God bless. Take care. Keep listening. We'll be right here all weekend long. See you on Monday. I'm out.